All right. <clears throat> now we're going to record this because uh, apparently I wasn't recording everybody the last time around. If you're so, looking uh, for the most yeah. amazing podcast ever, <clears throat> let's well, roll that it. intro. You're listening to the Average Fellas Podcast, guaranteed to let you down and leave you unsatisfied. <laughs> Sweet, sweet, sweet. Coming in hot off that intro, guys, for a second time. Um, yeah. Hey, what's going on, guys? I am your host, Zodi Zach, coming to you live all the way from Riverside, California. Today is July 20th, uh, 2020. Um, yeah, it's a Monday. What's going on, Alex? Moon? I'm so sorry. I got to get used to that. <clears throat> I'm gonna start giving you a tax every time you mess that up, dude. You have to pay for it. <laughs> Put a, a name we need a name jar. Yeah, a name jar, exactly. I do I'm good. You know, had a good dream, then I was like really like awakened. Suspiciously awakened. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so choked up right now. Yeah, was um, yeah, I would to be choked up. What are you talking? Is that why? What are you? Are you referring to your name? Is that why you got your name? Because you were a dream or something? What are you saying? Um, no, I didn't get my name through a dream. I I don't actually know why I like it. I just like the name. You just like the name, yeah. Yeah. If those of you guys don't listening don't understand why I chose the name Zodiac or why I refer to Alex as Moon. Um, those are just our gamer tags because uh, we're average fellas, and uh, I think average fellas probably maybe they play video games. I don't know. I don't know. Who we don't knows? actually. Know. We're, we're not actually average fellas. We're we're living a lie. A little bit of a lie. Not technically average. Sorry. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah. What'd you do this weekend? Um, it was actually my birthday yesterday. So that's right. Happy birthday! I'm so sorry. Happy belated birthday, my friend. Um, how old are you now? I don't know. How young are you? However, however old the government thinks I am, that's I'm, how old. Okay, l- let me. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but yesterday I was playing Fortnite. Okay, okay. let me know if this is if this has happened to you. I was playing it on the Switch, and the Switch has to you can you can play it on your TV, right? And everything's all bright, clear, perfect. You can see everything. And um, mm-hmm. I don't even have a big TV. It's probably I know it's like forty two or like a 30, 38 inch. I don't know. It's not. It's an average size TV, average fellow size TV, right? <clears throat> and um, I was playing Fortnite on it, and uh, actually I I took the um, 
the switch off the docking station because my wife was uh, watching Return of the King, and I was like, I'm just going to you know, play some switch. It's a very dense movie. I love it, but it's a dense movie. Right. So I was, I was wanting to play some Fortnite, and, uh, I'm looking at the screen and I'm like trying to get under the, the, my, uh, my lamp that was next to me to try and get some light on the screen to see. And I'm straining my eyes. I'm like, Oh my God, what is my problem? Cause I used to be able to play those, like the game boy advance, you know, the game boy and see everything perfectly fine, spend hours on it. There was no backlight. You had no backlight. You couldn't see the back of the screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and today to have the graphics on like the switch and to have that kind of online game play available in your hands, unthought of at when I was 12, unthought of when I was, you know, nine. Anyway, so I'm looking at the little screen, and I'm sitting here getting closer. Next thing I know, the screen's like maybe five inches from my face. I'm so blind. I can't even see it. I'm like, oh, my God. Is this what the 30s do to you? Does your vision go in your 30s? Yep. Because you need glasses, my friend. Yo, dude, I cannot see at all. Cannot see at all. You're the main guy that drives? Oh, I don't feel safe now. I can't see at all, man. I need you to go to the eye doctor immediately an optometrist i believe that's what i need called. you to stop this and go to the eye doctor because i don't feel safe you taking the handle of this podcast right now because you can't see <laughs> who knows what i'll press you know yeah who knows what i can press anyways uh hey so today's monday july 20th and uh you know what time it is right you know what time it is right alex no it's my first time here dude Oh my god. It's time for this day in history, guys. Yeah, this day in history, if you didn't know. If you didn't know, in uh, 1969, Apollo 11 lunar module carrying Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin lands on the surface of the moon. Aldrin and Armstrong walked on the moon for several hours, and uh, uh, Michael Collins remained in orbit in the lunar module. Uh, I had this conversation a little earlier with some of my some of my friends, my you know our guests that's on the show and uh, uh, and and Moon, and I thought I was like, man, it would be terrible, it would be terrible to have been you know Michael Collins to be in orbit and to look at your friends Neil and Buzz like on the moon and just be like, oh, I wish I could have walked on the moon, you know. Uh, but then I thought I was like, wait a second, I think people. You know, I bet Michael Collins probably must have loved to be or to, you know, serve in that position in that capacity, like just to be in orbit close enough to the moon, I think is is even just as is phenomenal setting foot on the moon in some way for humans, at least, you know, um, would you think do you think that what do you think about that, Alex? No, I think no? he wanted to be a rock star. And he missed his chance. <laughs> and he missed his. He didn't shoot his shot. Oh man! He didn't shoot his shot. Now he regrets it for the rest of his life. It's like, dude, I could have been that. I could have been those two guys. You think so? Yeah. No, uh, probably. Maybe. I'm, maybe. Maybe. No yeah. way. Could be regret. There's no way. No one. Like he's a human being, dude. He'd be envious so hard. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Dude. I would. Hey, so would you sign up to be, uh, you know, like one of those people who have like a one-way ticket to Mars? Yeah, dude, I've always wanted. That was like one of my dreams growing up is to be an astronaut. Really? But yeah. then, um, yeah, me too. I've always wanted to be either an astronaut or 
uh, fighter pilot, but I'm too tall. That's what happened. They said that they want people below like 5'10", 5'11". And I'm I'm a 6'4 powerhouse, dude. So they said, nope, your dream is dead. I'm like, wow. The only thing stopping me from being able to go to space is my height. Kind of sucks. Wow. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I just don't think I'm intelligent enough to to, <laughs> to serve in that capacity. I feel like that's yeah, a lot of right, pressure, dude. man. That is a lot of pressure. Anyways, um, yeah, that was this day in history, uh, July 20th. July 20th. Very interesting. Yeah. Today's well, Monday, if you didn't another, know. <clears throat> another day. Hey, if you didn't know, you're listening to the Average Fellas Podcast, and this is episode 003. Cha-ching! What's up? Um, hey, before we Crazy bring in the guest, before we bring in our guest, guys, we do have a guest today, special guest, um, who's uh, joining us on a call all the way from Texas today. But before I bring him on real quick, I just want to run over some numbers with you guys, run some numbers with you guys real fast, okay? Um <clears throat> So as you know, Average Fellas Podcast, uh, we're on several different platforms, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Chrome. Uh, you could also catch us on YouTube, and you could also uh, catch us on Twitter, uh, and that's at Average underscore fellas. For Twitter is at Average underscore fellas, um, and you can you can find us on Twitter there. Anyway, some numbers real quick. Um, I thought this would be an interesting part of the show to add, so I just want to test it out with you guys. Let me know. Give me some feedback. You could always email us at averagefellas at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave a comment on our YouTube anywhere. Like, subscribe, sub, whatever those things. But I wanted to do some numbers with you guys, and um, I think this is kind of cool. I think it'd be a good spot to kind of add this. So for Apple Podcasts, well, anyways, let me tell you guys real quick. Total numbers, total downloads for the show so far over the entire history of the show is 75. What's up? Can I get a what up? Woo woo. 75 downloads. That's what's up, guys. We're making it, man. We're making it. I don't know if you recall, but I said if we had two people listen to us, I felt great, right? 75. I think 10 of those listens were me, myself, but, uh, you know, at least 65 people gave it a listen, you know? So yeah, it gave us a chance, hopefully gave us a we chance and Hey, we, I appreciate that very much guys. Average fellows here. We preach your, we appreciate your guys's, uh, listens. Anyways, let me get back into the numbers real quick. So 75 downloads completely. The first episode, we had 46 downloads. So first impressions episode, uh, second episode, we had 29 with the tubs. We had the tubs on, he's going to be a reoccurring character on the podcast, uh, uh, talk video games with him. A good friend of ours. We play a lot of video games with him, so uh, we'll have him back on. Uh, maybe talk some Fortnite. We'll see about that. Anyways, yeah, I thought you guys might want to, you know, hear those numbers real quick. Thought it was cool. What'd you think of that, Alex? Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't think it'd be. I thought it'd just be two and then four. And yeah, two and maybe, four. Maybe five after that. I know, right? Hey, That's so but awesome. Apple Podcasts took thirty four percent of those views of those listens Spotify. You guys are, uh, you guys are in third place. Got 24% from Spotify listeners. So, you know, creeping, creeping, creeping pod in second place. Unfortunately, Google Chrome in last. <laughs> I don't know. Big um, people use Google, dude. Actually, no, Safari is tied for last with Google Chrome. 
So people have listened to our podcast through their browser, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Probably Anyways, cool. hey, you know what time it is, right, Alex? No. I mean, moon. No. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Anyways, it's time to introduce uh, our first official guest of the Average Fellas podcast. Uh, this is a long time coming. Long time coming. Uh, this guest that I'm bringing on is a good friend of mine. Uh, very funny individual. He's a stand-up comedian. Uh, he is a burrito connoisseur. He's a man of many talents. Uh, the wonderful Ivan Garcia. Oh, shoot. <laughs> hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> oh, man, I'm doing good. Man, I'm excited for this. This is exciting. It's been a while, Zach. Dude, tell me about it, bro. Tell me about it. It's been like two it. years since I've seen you? I think it's been about two years. Maybe a little longer than two years. Hello, Moon. Hello. 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 Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Hope you saved the slice for me. No. My, <laughs> my pizza. My stuff crust. I don't share my crust with no one. Yeah, I wouldn't share stuff crust either. His birthday crust. <laughs> you don't want to share his birthday crust with nobody. Yes. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> what kind of pizza was it? It was just, uh, it had pepperoni and I think it was like ham. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. But it was pretty good. I like that combo. It's pretty good. Before we jumped on the call, Moon was eating his leftover birthday pizza for breakfast. (laughs) Remnants of the past, I'm eating it. That's what that pizza represents. That's how you know it was a good night. Hey, but isn't all pizza kind of good though, right? No. Even? no. Okay, because I've never... Okay, well, no, I take that back. You're right. That's not true because there is terrible pizza out there. That's how hungry I am, too. Hey, y'all remember those pizzas at the junior high in Los Banos? Dude, I was about to say that. The the Red Baron? The Red Baron cardboard pizza? That was so greasy. Uh, And then people would add more, like, ranch to it. I remember, or they would have those uh, little Pizza Hut pizzas. Yeah. They only have, like, 25 or 50 of those. And then I I remember I would go to, like, the cafeteria, and people would just have that thing drenched in ranch it was the most grossest thing i've ever seen wow there's no pizza it just looked like ranch in a little like foil bowl no wonder the seagulls always pooped all over everybody Gross. eating the remnants of those yeah, it was really bad i'm like oh it was all ranch colored yeah. too it was just definitely oh, ranch color. i got pooped on a couple times a couple times i've only been on once in that high, junior high slash high school hey so you want to say you want to hear something funny about this, Ivan, about that segment that you just listened to um, this day in history? Uh, I base that segment off of my seventh grade history teacher, Mr. Boucher. Uh, oh, no, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, ba- I didn't base it off him, but do you remember him? Yeah. You remember him, right? He was a shady character. There's a lot of shady. I mean, okay. I don't, I didn't say I based this around him, but uh, we used to do this assignment called this day in history or this week in history in his class. And we had to like, you know, look up something that happened during the week and then, you know, write a summary and then turn it in. So I was like, man, that's, I still occasionally check the website to see what's going on, you know, see something cool happened. And that's kind of how we came up with the, uh, with he the, still the keeps segment. It running? No, 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 no. The website is done by the history oh. channel. I think it's the history channel that actually hosts the website this day in history or this week in history. Um, but I, uh, in order for us to have a segment, I just started, I kind of thought of that. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to Google it. And uh, I would just start Googling this day in history and come up with a date, put it together, and I share it with you guys. So 
I like it. I didn't even know the moon landing was today. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> July twentieth. What you know? What do you think about that? <clears throat> um, crazy thing about that though. Um, do you remember the Rock guy Dwayne? from from Junior <laughs> oh. from Junior High? From junior high, the rock guy. His name was Mr. Weaver. Do you guys remember that guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The horror he, stories. I had him. He was not fun. Like um, He was creepy. He most, most of the days we, he spent just chilling on his computer doing God knows what. Probably playing like RuneScape or something. I Shirt hope. half untucked. <laughs> kind of smelled funky. Yeah, we would just watch Bill Nine all day. I remember someone like got really um, said something to him and he got really upset and he yeah. like, chucked one of his rocks at him. Oh, shoot. And I was like, that just happened. And then he picks the rock up like a baby. <laughs> I was like, you just threw your baby. Yeah. And well, then he put like a bandaid on it. Wow. Some, of, some of the I'm rocks, like some of the rocks that he had in his room, if you didn't know, were like literally had value to them as far as like their you know, geological, like those, what are they called? Uh, those geodes or something like that, where they cut them in half. And then like, you see the inside, there's like this cool crystal They're formation, minerals, minerals and stuff. Um, yeah. but I think they're called geodes. I know he had a couple of those that he was like really like anal about. Yeah, I, I, never can, I can appreciate his like commitment to those rocks, but it was Kinda a little, weird. little weird when it's like, you're supposed to be teaching us. And all you could talk about is your rocks. And the crap about the rocks, you're just showing us Bill Nine stuff all day. And we still failed the class because we never had homework. He never taught us anything. We just watched Bill Nine all day. The room was always dark, so people were sleeping most of the time. And then, like, we never took tests, but somehow everyone still, like, failed. It's like, hey. we have nothing to work on. There's no nothing. How did we get our grades that low, dude? You guys never had Mr. Pilgrim or Mr. I Wilson? Had, I had Mr. Pil- Pilger. I think it's his name. He was Pilger. He, yeah, his wife was Russian. Is that right? He was like a farmer. Yeah, he was really tall, really tall and slender. Yeah. His wife was from Russia as well, and he was he, like a mail order bride, right? Oh, for sure, for sure, dude. It was crazy. <laughs> the funny situation that school was so weird, dude, because they had this Definitely. guy named Mr. Boucher, who who some of the some of the students, some of the female students around the time had raised questions about him being kind of you know handsy uh and then mr weaver also there was questions being raised about his you know behavior behind his desk because of his unkeptness and then there was mr (laughs) pilger who had the russian mail order bride i don't know what was going on with the school dude i hated Uh, junior high yeah i don't think anyone got background checks or anything it's like oh we just need Hey, yeah. if you're listening, if you're listening, and you went to junior high with any of us, you know, <laughs> yeah, share share some information with us. <laughs> Hit us in the Gmail, averagefells gmail dot com. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into this interview because we have a guest here, and we're talking about you know whatever we were talking about little kids and <laughs> schools and stuff, and I did not want this yeah. podcast to be about that. <laughs> I wouldn't know phrased it that way. Oh my goodness. Anyways, uh so yeah. Uh what's going on? Ivan has life. Pretty good. I just got back from uh Big Bend. And I don't know if you guys heard of Big Bend, but it's the kind of national forest out here in Texas, like right on the border with Mexico. Isn't that a cool Honestly, I, wow. I, that's what I thought right <laughs> now. I was like, oh, you just went to oh, wow. You just went oh, to it's London. Big Bend. Nice. B E N D. Oh, B E N D. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 
but I didn't even get to spend that much time there because it was so freaking hot and our air conditioner broke in our Airbnb. So we just left. Wow. <laughs> you didn't get any refunds or anything? Always broken. I feel like there's always no AC in those air- Airbnbs. It was so beautiful, dude. It was amazing. It was, it was a, a nice pricey place. I threw down for it, but yeah. that AC, man, I spent it all night sweating extra. <laughs> so we just took off and I went to El Paso. And had a great time there. I was hanging out with my friend Carla, and she's originally from El Paso. El Paso. And she just gave me the grand tour, dude. El Paso, Texas. We're What's known that? for something. This is El Paso. We have things here. <laughs> they have the best. I think they have the best Mexican food in Texas. That's for sure. A pretty famous band made a song about this place called Taking Back Sunday. <laughs> That's about it. That's Welcome our... to El Paso. <laughs> There's a couple old oldie songs of El Paso, I think. <laughs> wow. So, uh, I mean, besides like the trip and stuff like that, anything new going on in your life? Anything, anything fun, exciting? You're you're excited about right now? Right now, anything coming uh, up? I have a couple shows. I have one show that's actually an actual comedy show, stand up comedy show happening at a club in Little Rock, Arkansas. Because right now, wow, only like the crappy states are having comedy shows. <laughs> The people that the states that just don't care. Seriously, wow. like Texas doesn't really care, but Austin they do not. Cares. My friend Austin cares, and he says it's really bad. Like Houston doesn't care. Dallas didn't care because they got hit really bad right off the bat. El wow. Paso, it was pretty shut down. I, I mean, but I wasn't there. I, I, I wasn't there long enough to really know. In Austin, you have your outliers, but everyone's being kind of weird and about comedy. There's like no, absolutely nothing going on here in Austin though, wow. so I have to I have to just venture out. You have to I, commute. Uh, definitely. Uh, right now I'm driving like an hour, a little bit over an hour to go do some open mics that they have on Friday wow. and Saturday. This little town called Colleen. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Was it Vanessa Guyan? Yes. Gouillon? Yes. Yeah, I had yes. no idea that I had been going to that base <laughs> to do comedy. Wow. I didn't know. I had no idea it was Far Hood. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's kind of crazy up there. Like they definitely don't give a shit. (laughs) Wow. Uh, But I wear my mask. What kind of coffee are they taking? Like absolutely nothing. Uh, well, the coffee the coffee shop that I've been doing at they they have hand sanitizers everywhere. They tell everyone to wear masks. But uh, some of the other bars I've gone into, like no one wears masks. No one gives a shit. (laughs) It's uh some of these places are very packed. Uh, I'm wow. not sure what I'm. In. I'm not sure what I'm in for when I hit up Arkansas. I'm pretty sure states like that have the philosophy of like if everyone has it already, then we don't have to worry about new cases, right? That too. But the thing is, like some of these small towns, they're just so out there that they probably don't even have that many cases. It will eventually hit them, I'm sure, because you wow. know they have people traveling. But I mean, um, so Austin. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, what was it? Uh, so well, you go to these gigs, right? And then like you. Put it, you wear a mask, you try to social distance as much as you can, you know, and stuff like that. Are most of these uh, like outdoor events that you're trying, like you're pre- preferably looking for is more like more outdoor? Yeah, definitely. Right? Um, most of them that I, when I first started doing a show, the first one I was able to do right after we, uh, or right after Austin was shut down, outdoor venue, there was like a hundred plus people there, but everyone kept their distance. That and those are great. Some of the other open yeah. mics I've done have been outdoor as well. I think those are that's the safest bet we have. What you about know, those uh, concerts in your car thing. 
I haven't gone to one, but I've seen that like Colorado has been like the first ones to really adopt those uh, car shows or parking lot shows. I think mean, California has a couple now, but yeah, we have a few. I don't know. I, I went to a, I was in a parking lot and I was like, OK, let me just try this out to see how it would feel. And I just looked at all the cars and I was like, nah, yeah, <laughs> this is kind of lame. Kinda, it's like doing a crazy. Zoom show. I know, it's so strange. Zoom shows. Dude, people are doing oh, that. Like for like I know here in Riverside, they've seen people do like uh church like that where they just show up in their car and I'm like, I I know, could not I couldn't just sit in there and like wait. Especially in the right. hot sun out here in the desert. No, I'm cool. I'll just stay no. I'll stay home. <laughs> you could listen to it. <laughs> you could listen to it online. You could see it online. Yeah. You know? Wear a mask, stay home, listen to it online. Um anyways, I was gonna say, um, so you're traveling to do a bunch of these gigs and stuff like that. Um, stand up. Why, why stand up? You know what? Ever since I was a kid, I was always making like funny videos with my brother. Uh, I was, I would had been watching stand up since I was a kid. Uh, my family was always pretty funny, but the actual stand up, like seeing me do it didn't even hit my head until like way later on in my life when I was 21. That's, uh, and I can attest to that because we worked together at a movie theater when we were in high school together. Yeah. And that was a little bit after the golden age. Definitely had a good time. That's when <laughs> hey. I came back after my first year of college, right? Yes. No, no. You. Yeah, that's right. You came back from college for your first year. You worked at the summer. And that's when I met you. And I knew a lot about you because I worked with your coworkers and you knew my sister. You guys were in classes yeah. together. <laughs> We had a class in physics class together. Yeah, she would be like, she'd be like, yeah, my friend Ivan. Um, apparently, you guys would laugh. Okay, um, I don't, I don't, never mind. I don't want to get in the story because I think people would be too politically correct to, you know, <laughs> to share the joy in some of our terrible jokes. <laughs> Definitely, but oh uh, I think when we had met, I think maybe a little bit after I started doing stand up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember maybe it was a year after the summer after I met you is when you start getting into it. Because at first when I met you, you were pretty much primarily just listening to the Beatles in your headphones and not talking to anybody. Definitely. I mean, I, I, music was my first love. It was, Because yeah. I, had, I had no idea that you could do stand-up. I had no I was going to school for engineering, which is like you know, the most practical freaking thing you could do. Yeah. My brother was the artist in my family, so I never felt like I could, you know, go into the arts. Even though I had that in my head, I was always fantasizing about like, having my own TV show, like sketch comedy show. That's kind of what I had in my head. And it wasn't until I ran into my friend Pablo, old friend from junior high. I had lost a little touch with him just because I, I went to San Jose to go to go to school. Mm. But he was going to go see George Carlin and then George Carlin died. <laughs> and he was just like, OK, this is a sign. I have to do stand up. So I run into him at El Gruyense over there on Pacheco. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he good. just... Uh, let me yeah. shout out George Carlin real quick. Really great comedian, great thinker. Uh, YouTube him. Definitely. The Da Vinci of our time, dude. There we go. Anyways, you said <laughs> you ran into him at, at El Grense. I ran into I went to go get tacos with my dad, and he was there. And he's just like, oh, hey, man, um, do you want to do stand-up? And I was like, what? I was like, we could do that? <laughs> That's a thing? He's like, yeah, we, have, we just got to go do open mics in San Francisco. Shout out to like, Al okay. real quick too. Keeping it real yeah. with that burrito game. Shout out. Definitely. Just don't get it wet. <laughs> don't get it wet. <laughs> so Dude, then I, I met up with the oh, where you go? Uh Pablo Pablo 
another inspirational comedian who you did another person I would never consider to be like somebody kind of funny, you know, never said a word in high school. And then I'd catch him at a show and I was like, yo, dude, like, how come? Where have you been? You know, (laughs) (laughs) he just didn't like to That's why. uh, Well, me and Pablo used to do roast battles in PE. You know, when 9 11 hit and they canceled PE for everybody, we would just be standing out there in the field. So we're like, okay, let's see how. And we wouldn't even call it roast battle. We would just call it, you know, just talking crap to each other and see who who could last, you know, who who wouldn't cry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So. We just ended up going to San Francisco and watching a couple of open mics. And then he did his first mic in October and then it took me until December to finally have some material written. And it just felt so right. And after that, I mean, I really considered like, man, maybe I should just quit, <laughs> quit everything I'm doing and just wow. focus on stand up. But I had to finish my degree and that took a long time. And, and it isn't until now I'm finally starting to do it more full time. Well, except with COVID. <laughs> I know, right? Tell me about it. I know. As a as a an artist, fellow artist, I put air parentheses. You guys can't see me, but I'm doing it. Um, I feel the same way, man. Like I got to play an outdoor prayer service for my church, which I haven't done in years. It's been like two years since I've actually played in front of people. Um, and like I've recorded songs for a church plenty of times, but to do that, to be outside, to actually interact with other humans is a whole nother environment where you're like, Oh my goodness. Like this feels a whole, a lot different, you know, like someone like, I know about you, Alex, our moon, uh, if you felt this way, but anytime I've had a chance to share craft or performance with anybody, I get a huge like surge of adrenaline, excitement, rush, you know, like, because it's just something that I absolutely love to do. And, uh, I think, I mean, obviously it's, it feels good to get, to get back to that a little bit, you know, to have that little bit of excitement about performing and providing entertainment, if you will, um, or just a service, you know, like me playing for my church, whatever. Uh, I think that's just, it's just been fun to do. So yeah, I could definitely feel that. And definitely. That's why I'm still, that's why I don't, I don't care about traveling for, even if it's a little tiny open mic where they give me like five or three minutes right now, like I'll drive two hours, three hours for that because you can't do stand up comedy on, on the internet. How everyone's doing zoom shows right now. It's like, no, yeah. it's not the same. <laughs> it has to be live. It's no matter not what. The same as live, man. I love live comedy and I, especially like open mics. Like you might go catch a gym in there. Like I remember one time, uh, I went to, I was at Stanislaus. My friends were going to school there and they got us into the battle of the band. No, it was a talent show that we were at for Stanislaus, Stan State. Um, and there was a comedian who went on after us who absolutely stole the show. But the fact that he just stepped up to the plate, it was a talent show, you know, not a normal gig for a comedian, mm-hmm. right? But like, you got to get your name out there. You got to, you know, get your stripe, earn your stripes, right? And any, any, amount of time in front of people is beneficial, especially if you're trying to be, uh, some sort of entertain in, in the entertainment business. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was there and man, I remember his first line. It was so great. He just kind of looked at everybody and he sat down on the couch and he was just like, I can't believe they actually gave me a mic. <laughs> and that was the first time. And I started laughing and he was just like, yo, I put my name down on the list for the talent show like three weeks ago and they gave me a mic <laughs> now you gotta listen to me for 15 minutes <laughs> it was Damn. so great dude it was so great it was phenomenal and man like 
I don't know where that guy went on to be with his life, but some of the best comedy I've ever, you know, seen before Witness was just fresh in person right in front of you. You know, it's just a different vibe. It's better. Definitely. And when you're a stand up and you're looking at the audience, like you're taking in everyone's, I mean, I don't know how everyone else does it, but this is how I do it. I'm watching everybody. I'm looking at your eyes, your body movements, just making sure you're having a good time. Cause if you're not, then I'm, that's, that's just a trigger for me to be like, okay, I need to try harder or I need to go in deeper with these jokes. You know, I, I gotta make them laugh and Oof. you can't get that from a screen, you know, <laughs> tell me about it, dude, a rough, rough crowd. I mean, Alex, you know about this. I mean, moon, you've been in this situation before. Like you showed up to a gig before and you look at the crowd and everybody's expecting some sort of, you know, performance from you already. And you're like, Oh my God, just the anxiety. But no, I never had anxiety playing shows. I, I, I did have those like, well, with heckling people, hecklers. no, I didn't really care. I don't think any of our like my bandmates cared about the hecklers or anything. I don't even think we experienced much of heckling. I hope not. That'd be whacking hecklers for music. I think more, yeah, I think yeah. it's more for it's more for comedians. I'm sorry, that's like more yeah. for comedians though. I, I imagine it's more like that because like, I mean, most of the gigs that I've ever played at, most people are sober. You know, when I was a kid, I played in a lot of bands. We were kids. We couldn't get our hands on anything too dangerous. You know, as an adult, I play a lot of you know religious service and stuff. Nobody's getting crazy there. You know, I so, hope not. <laughs> I know, right? I'm not getting heckled there. Trust me, but <laughs> um, but uh, but like for comedians, I imagine you're you're in a public space where, um, you know, people are doing as they you know as they will if they want to, especially open mic, especially start. Man, I can imagine. Jeez. Well, last uh, was it last week? Yeah, last week uh, before I went on this trip, I did an open mic in Colleen over there by Fort Hood, and it's it's a biker bar, and you know you walk in and like. If you're not, you know, you could tell who the stand-up comics are because they're the more nerdy looking people. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else is like these rough ass people, you know, even though it's the age of COVID, you know, no, no one's wearing masks. They're just, you know, they're there drinking their beer, having their, you know, good old biker time. And I went up, I think it was the second comedian up and these two guys were playing pool and they kind of, I don't know if they were feeling like jealous or they needed attention or something, but they were, they were escalating their conversation or just speaking super loud, like trying to, uh, you know, outdo me. I mean, wow. but I had a microphone in my hand. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my poetry joke. I have this poetry joke I do. And I was able to win over the whole the whole audience. Like everybody in there was just like, I was like super into it. But these guys were just so pissed. Yes. <laughs> they could try to talk really loud and play pool. But by the end of my set, they, they had just left outside. I think everyone kind of gave them the dirty look. So. That's what I love about live comedy. You can't get that from anywhere else. That's what makes you better, you know, stronger. Yeah. Those weird situations. I tried my my hand at stand up, a couple open mics. Um I I think so here's the thing. I think though. it'd be good. See, this is the thing, is a lot of people have, have have actually told me that. More than one person has told me that. But I'm the kind of person where like I feel like I'll I'll put together some material, I'll read it. And then I, I won't share with somebody because the fact that I'm thinking like a little too deep about it, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. like, like this will never make it. This will never make. It. And so like several times that I've tried to write some material, I look at it, I read it. I find it funny. Like I had this whole bit about a spider being so big it needed to pay rent. And um, <laughs> because it was my first place that I'd ever moved into. And it was just like, it was basically a crack house, you know, but it was cheap. It was my, I was young and dumb. What do you expect? You know? <laughs> and, uh, but <laughs> you know, the spiders were just, 
it was terrible. I mean, we had we had a every infestation of every time. Would would you? I mean, fresh out of high school, dumb in kid Banos? in Banos, you know, living large off two job income. I was working two jobs, you know, and stuff, and I paid off my car, so I was I was in a good position for myself as a young kid, you know, making thirty six thousand dollars a year. You know, nice. I mean, you. I was living on my own, and so the place you find to live on your own is not very nice. You know what I'm saying? As a young single guy, <laughs> you just find the oh, roach-infested yeah. shack oh, yeah. because it's cheap, you know? Um, so, I can yeah. make this work. A little embarrassing, but, um, <laughs> hey, you know, I knew I was going to have to confess some things on this podcast. Um, well, right now, just to give a, a shout-out, whenever Paraiso Brewery in Los Banos opens up, you should totally go do their open mic. That's the one Pop, my friend Pablo Siguera runs out there. Yeah, dude. Uh, shout-out. Uh, to the brewery in Los Banos. I hey, um, listeners out there, local businesses. If you own a local business, you want to be on a podcast. I definitely want to have you on the show as a guest because uh, we need to put dollars in your guys's pockets as a local business, especially with this COVID thing going on right now. Walmart is not the solution. Amazon is not the solution. I'm sorry for ranting, but. Um, <laughs> no, it's you know, true. I mean, you, you're a stand-up comedian. You're self-employed, you know, at some level. So, you know, I mean, I think everybody needs to deserves a little bit of dollars right now. I mean, especially Los Banos. It's one of my. It's one of my. It's like my second hometown. Yeah, and I've seen that place. It's. I've done. I've never would have been able to do stand-up there to people that I've known for years if it wasn't for that brewery. And I think it's one of like the most interesting things that have popped up in Los Banos recently. I mean, you yeah. see a lot of artists going there, being able to play music or. They even have like Lucha Libre and, you know, it's like really good beer too. So yeah, go for man. it, guys. I mean, that's one thing about Los Banos that I think a lot of us reminisce about is that the DIY culture that kind of started there. Like we were kind of like, hey, we're this little suburb of nothing. The suburb of, suburb of nowhere pretty much, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had to make our own fun. So there a lot of – I know when I grew up, all the kids around my age, we all wanted to be in bands just – you know, Guitar Hero was out around that time. Everybody was into it. It was super cool. Everybody wanted the Marshall half stack and the Gibson Les Paul like set up. Um, you know, it was but you just, really had no no place to perform in Los Banos. What was it like? Hot Dog Heaven. Yes, like- <laughs> we had there were two places, two places to perform. There was Hot Dog Heaven and Smoothie King. Do you remember that, Alex? Moon? Uh, no, there's also the movie theater and the movie one. theater. Yes. Oh yeah, the shady movie theater. <laughs> that, I, that show was actually really cool. I really actually liked those movie theater shows yeah. more so than like smoothie king because smoothie king they give you this like little tent it's like uh... the stage was literally the size of my desk and i was like there's no way we're fitting on this <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they just need they just need more of that in Los Banos, especially there's more people there now so it's just like yeah. you know give them something to do give them something to do yeah um anyway hey um who's like a, a stand-up hero of yours you know, this is something that I've been like George always Clooney. Going. George Clooney. Hey, I want to be at least like that good looking when I'm like fifty or sixty. Boys, <laughs> I'm trying to get that salt and pepper look. You know what I'm saying? The silver fox. Right? How do Gosh. you say silver in Spanish? Silver. Plata. Wait, say it again. Plata. I can't I can't I couldn't understand it. Plata? Plata with a P? There we go. Yeah. Plata. Oh, like Lobo Plata is like Silver Wolf. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's going to be... I'm going to change my name. Do it. Lobo Plata. <laughs> when I turn gray, I'll change my host name. Zodizac will now be the Lobo Plata. 
It's better than my other. I have another gamer tag that uh, I had to retire because I was I was a dumb kid. Anyways, <laughs> for my uh, comedy, yes, comedy heroes, comedy heroes. Uh, for I guess if we want to just stick to stand up, man, you know I hate saying this. I really hate saying this, but when I was a kid, I used to sit there and watch all of Bill Cosby's specials because they used to have them on Showtime because oh we used to steal God. cable. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Who didn't steal cable? And they had dude, these great specials. People still steal cable. It's just moved <laughs> onto the internet now. Hey, dude, get and me on that. Got, that's I the original think. family plan, dude. When your Theo knew right? that, when your Theo worked for Comcast, that's the original family plan, dude. <laughs> so and then uh, after, like, I, I got really into Rodney Dangerfield, all his movies. Oh, uh, Caddyshack. Right? It's just. He had those great one-liners. He wouldn't stop. Like if you look at him yeah. on YouTube when he was on the Tonight Show, amazing sets, um, singers, dude. He, to me, he was the he was the the epitome of like the zinger guy. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the singers were just like, bam. You're like, oh my god, that was so good. And then after I got really into like Phil Hartman, but he wasn't a stand-up. He's more of a sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sketch guy from SNL. Uh, he was on news radio. I just always he always did like a, a bunch of stuff on uh, the Simpsons. Uh, you know, hi, I'm Troy McClure. You know that you might remember me from such films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked his voice, and sometimes I feel like I try to mimic his voice when I'm on stage. I just, I just really liked his style. Um, the cadence, the softness, yeah, yes. the cadence and softness is just so rich and good. You know, what's so funny about that is, um, who has a, the same thing as like, uh, you listen to like, uh, Christopher Watkins has the same sort of like attraction to his voice. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. it's just good. Oh, what was that? Were you gonna say, Moon? I said, wasn't he in Jingle All the Way? Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was, good movie. <laughs> hella good movies. And then he was killed by his wife. <laughs> Dude, for a year. But wait, was it? Wasn't there? A, didn't they say he committed suicide at first? Ah, uh, no. And no, then no, they I found it, out the truth. Oh, they did. I, I didn't th- know about that. I think there was something like that. I don't know. I have to Google. Somebody fact check us, and then and then email us. <laughs> um i would say uh they've been pretty influential george carlin super influential although i don't really try not to dive into too many political things in my comedy i try to hide it as much as possible but it it, you know they still have that undertone of my opinions yeah Uh, and after that i mean once i started stand-up i'm not gonna lie like i stopped watching stand-up i tried not to see anybody stand up i tried to stay as much away from any influence as possible to see what would my natural voice come out as. Yeah. And it is, and it isn't until right now, this, uh, this, the year that I finally sat down and started watching some stand up specials. And I would say, go watch Mark Norman. He's been a big inspiration recently. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen his stuff? No, I haven't, but, uh, I'm sure I think he has, doesn't he have a bunch of stuff on Netflix? He has a free, he has a, he actually, uh, no one wanted to pick up his special, but his special already got like millions of views on YouTube. Really? Uh, his first special, this guy is like, oh my, I don't know how he packed so many jokes into one special. Like this guy is amazing. Mark Norman for you guys. He's from Mark New York. Norman. That's right. Yeah, he's a tall guy, live. right? He's a tall guy, right? Uh, no, no, he's not that tall. Uh, uh-huh. I think you're mixing him with a different dude. Okay. Um, I'm, his name's slipping my mind, but. Norman something. Norm McDonald. I think that's what you're... That's who I was mixing it with, yeah. Who, who's also freaking amazing. Who's also funny, <laughs> yeah. Who also has another funny voice. It's a good voice. <laughs> but check out Mark Norman, man. Uh, Mark Norman. But definitely, I mean, uh, like bringing up my friend Pablo again. I mean, me and him 
he was pretty much uh, my biggest influence too because we wrote together for six years when I, before I moved to Texas. Wow. Speaking of, and now you just use all of his jokes. I see. <laughs> no, he still does it. He still does it in Los Banos. <laughs> Every now and then we'll write each other a joke though, because no one understands my style as much as he does, and I and he, I understand his style. Like no one else knows how how he does his one liners. Yeah, no, I still I, run my jokes past him. Some even of though his, we don't live in the same area. Okay, this thing about thing about Pablo is like he's got s- such good sleeper jokes that you'll never understand as soon as he hits you with the punchline but two days right. later you're in your car <laughs> thinking about the fuck the, the joke and you're like what the heck like was he talking like you're i'm running over the line in my head and then two days later i find myself driving and i just start cracking up because it finally made sense maybe i'm just slow but you know <laughs> but it, no I, his, his jokes yeah they take a they're like you, gotta uh, be really paying attention. you have to be paying attention. You have to be sort of, you have to, I, I guess, I don't want to say woke, intelligent free jokes. Your, definitely free your mind. And, yes. And, you know, very intelligent joke. Like you have to, <laughs> it's written intelligently. So um, stuff like that is, I don't know. I've, I've, I definitely, I think Pablo, for me, as far as when I've experienced your and Pablo's dynamic, uh, I think you guys both write intelligently. I think you guys definitely had leaned into that early on and I can kind of see that. And I think I told you about this too, like maybe four years ago, you know, but I seen it very early on that you guys are writing very deep in your jokes. And I really appreciate that. Thank you, man. I think a lot of, a lot of times I, you know, especially doing stand up in San Jose. I mean, I started we started in San Francisco and I was, but I was living in San Jose and there wasn't anything really going on too much other than what my friend Pete Munoz was putting on. Uh, the comedy club wouldn't do any open mics, but I would have to do comedy shows in front of like all these old cholos in San Jose, nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all these drunk whack people from San Jose. If you're from San Jose, you know, the people that are there. I mean, it's diverse in whackness <laughs> and I would just do my crazy comedy and me and Pablo actually ended up doing it together. We, we had a stand up, uh, a double, a duo for many years because he would do one liners and I would do crazy stories and they would match. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, um, speaking about, you know, San Jose, San Francisco and stuff like that. Uh, here's a good question. Um, what's your take? I don't know if you, if you feel comfortable answering this, you can answer. Um, what's your take <laughs> on the, uh, the entire like Latino Hispanic comedian perspective? Because I listen to several other comedians who are, you know, Hispanic, Latino, Mexican, uh, any of those, they fall into that, you know, I guess genre. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. The Latino comedian genre stereotype that a lot of Hispanic Latino comedians had to fall under. Um, What is your take on that? If you so glad you asked this. No, yeah, definitely. Because uh, uh, going back to uh, uh, comedy heroes, I think one of my biggest ones too, I forgot to mention it right there is uh, George Lopez. Mm -hmm. I love George Lopez when he came out with those uh, super banger albums. I think he had like three albums that were just right off the bat. Back to back. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the stuff he has now is great. I haven't seen his new special because I don't have Netflix right now, but <laughs> I will watch a George Lopez. They'll get mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I think he is the master at like those old school Mexican jokes, at least making fun of our own culture and like the, yeah. the weird things that we do have. But when I started doing stand up, same, same as I didn't want to watch any more stand up comedy just so I wouldn't be influenced, I made a vow to never do Mexican jokes. Like yeah. after my first couple sets, I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore because everyone's expecting me to talk about these things. And 
I just don't want to talk about it because I'm I'm more you know, death too. Yeah, that too is just like you're you're just kind of ripping him off, and I'm like, how how am I going to rip off George Lopez? He's already written the best Mexican jokes there are. Like, Tell you know, that's it, done. <laughs> The, the and beef, I didn't have that upbringing. Ice chest and beef, whole entire part. You know what I'm talking about? The ice chest and beef yeah. routine. Oh my God, dude. The right? <laughs> Jesus, that's so good. <laughs> and uh, he, he grew up in uh, in LA with like an even more hardcore like Mexican people around him. Where mine, mine was more of like a more softer Mexican upbringing, mm-hmm. uh, even though I did relate to a lot of the jokes. But for my stand up, I just thought because I just like, you know what? Let me, let me just try to write smarter because everyone's expecting me to say kind of like just dumb stereotype stuff. And I didn't, I hated that. And because, and that was another thing, like when I was in college, no one even knew, no one would, I say people would expect me to not be in college. People would just expect me to be a stereotype. And, and even my own people would call me white, like whitewashed. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Come on guys. I'm trying to do all this stuff for you. (laughs) I love the meme the selena meme where it's like the dad and he's telling he's telling selena he's saying he's saying uh um you know being mexican is tough because you have to be more american than americans to prove to them that you're american but then you have to be more mexican than the than the rest of the mexicans to prove to them that you're mexican and so you're in this forever state of like uh you know alpha (laughs) i guess culturism Definitely. I mean, uh, that statement just rings so true all the time. And then coming to Texas, it, it was even worse because I feel like Texas just culturally is like, man, 20 years behind how Cali is because Mexican people in Cali don't play defense here in here in Texas. They do. So they they promote and they just love the stereotype. Wow. So going to areas like San Antonio uh, and just doing my brand of weird Ivan style comedy. Uh, it was refreshing. I, I could see that they were almost re- like they liked that. Like yeah. they're like, oh, finally someone else. And and I would make those other comedians that were doing just doing nothing but shitty stereotype jokes. They would look even worse next to me. I was like, put me up first because now they're gonna have to compete with my shit. <laughs> um, and then coming and then coming to Austin, they wanted me to be that stereotype, and I'm not because I could write smarter and better than any white boy around here. And they hated <laughs> they hate me for that. <laughs> wow. But then going to other places like Houston, Dallas, and all the other small towns, uh, they don't even look at me that way, which is weird. Everyone told me I was going to run into all these racists in Texas, but the biggest racists and bigots are in Austin, Texas, which is supposedly the liberal part. Wow. <laughs> going to these little country bumpkin towns have been the greatest shows I've done because they want that. I think they want something new already. Yeah, I, f- I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of maybe country people are just it's happy ignorance. There's kind of like where you're like, you know what, man? Like I don't have any case against the stranger passing through. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like let them do their thing, and until they say something crazy, they don't. You know what I'm saying? I think majority of of people are like that. I'm like that personally. Like I. I want to hear, I want to see. And then, you know, obviously if there's something crazy, it pops off, you know, you know, it's either fight or flight. Yeah, definitely. I think I did a show one time in Arizona in Phoenix, Arizona. And I walked into this like weird little like restaurant bar thing. And they had like a small like room off to the side. And I walked in and everyone just stared at me. It was all these like super like rednecks. Oh my goodness. And I'm like this dark ass Mexican guy with a Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) (laughs) And I started using like, I, I tried to find like, you know, the racist things people say mm. and I started flipping them around and they, they went crazy. Cause I started saying stuff to them 
because I started my set speaking Spanish and then I got really quiet and I was like, come on guys, learn how to speak Spanish or go back to your own country. <laughs> oh my goodness. And they just died laughing and it was amazing. I had such a good time after it was like, we we're all friends after it was like, see, I'm trying to bridge the gap guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes jokes, some, I think people, maybe I know there's a lot of people already on this train right now, but people taking the whole entire joke sings out of context, you know, like it's an industry of entertainment Mm-hmm. You know, obviously some reform is necessary, but at the same time, like integrity and like the craft also is like the balance that you're trying to, you know, hold there. Yes. Um, hey, what is your um, for me, like one of the uh, comedians that I I love the way he writes, I think is really intelligent in his style is Al Madrigal. Yeah, um, I really appreciate him as a Chicano artist. Um, because he doesn't step forward and just right away hit you with that. I'm a Chicano mm-hmm. artist. I'm a Mexican artist, whatever. Right. And in his jokes, he makes that, he makes you aware of that. Like there's, you know, I just really appreciate that because that's been like my, my experience growing up has kind of been like that, you know, where I want to, you know, have a connection and association with my ethnicity at the same time. You know, I, I want to express that, but not necessarily because I can't fully express it because I haven't been around it and I haven't experienced as much as, you know, traditional uh, Mexican families have, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I really like his style for that. And I think that's real. I think kind of like I would say that your and Pablo's um, comedy kind of, I would say, is follow suit similar. Not, I'm not saying that you're, like, you're copying or anything like that, but like it's intelligently written. And it's a good thing. It's a good place for Chicano artists, comedians to be at right now. You know, I think um, the, the one another saying would be like, "Be the change you want to see." Yeah, and I totally want to inspire other young Mexican comics to not follow that route because sometimes you're at a show, and there'll be a comedian that's just doing nothing but talking crap about their own culture. You know, throwing their throwing their or their uh, heritage under the bus just yeah. for cheap laughs, and you see the people who are laughing, and they're like, "Well, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you, man." <laughs> <laughs> and they make it harder for other people because now that now all they want to hear is just racist stuff. <laughs> like you could still come off racist even if you're just making fun of your own people. Like, yeah, it's kind of disgusting sometimes. I'm like, really, you couldn't think of anything better to say? You had to rip off George Lopez. <laughs> you know, I've 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 come across as that in my life because of the fact that I've you know I I I've had a a tough time trying to understand my own culture, whatever, my own experience, my own culture, whatever. But I've come off like that to, uh, you know, to my fellow Mexican, you know, friends and families. Uh, I've done that. I've put on that face where it's just kind of, you know, we make fun of our culture and then we allow other people to, and then we just soak into it and we lean into that because it's kind of fun. And then, you know, five years down the line, we're looking at everybody be like, who would you say? You don't have the right to say that, you know? Yeah. So I feel I've definitely participated in that a lot. And I think, like you said, we have to be that change. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we're making some ground or we're trying to, you know, who knows? Yeah. I've seen a lot more, a lot more yeah. new people coming up, just staying away from that. And I think it's kind of uh, one of the things too. Is just, so you're from California, you moved to Texas, right? And yes. your Chicano experience also, I think probably, I mean, I imagine the demographics there as far as like, how you're able to kind of like fit in with those kind of the, you know, Mexican, Latino, Hispanic groups of people, like you're able to definitely, 
you know, should by all means be able to fit into these stereotypical markets, especially with your comedy. Um, do you think that has a lot of, you know, play with your success or do you think it was super tough moving to Texas? Like, uh, when I got to Austin, I, I was like the only out, I like saying it this way. I was the only outspoken Mexican comic. Oh, because uh, a lot of uh, more light-skinned Mexican people here or comedians, they would try to hide it as much as possible. <laughs> and you know, I was just like, well, who, who are you trying to fool, dude? Like, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. And then I would go to San Antonio. And just like I was saying before, just I feel Texas culturally is a little a little behind in some of these areas. And at first I came off a little weird. But once they everyone kind of got to know me, I was like, yeah, you know, just like you guys. And. And Houston, Houston uh, has a huge, uh, has a lot more, is, I think it's probably the most diverse city in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, but they have the best black comedians that are coming out of there. Like they're the best comics in Houston are the black comics. And, but they, they accepted me like right out, right away. Yeah. I loved Houston. I think Houston probably has the best comedy scene in Texas. Cause they, they're just beyond everybody else. They're, they're ready to go. They want nothing. They, they just love comedy. They're yeah. all about the jokes, no drama. Like Every time I've gone to Houston, I've seen a fight because they don't fight on Facebook. They fight in real life. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That it's just, real you better scrap. Go there and just, you know what I'm saying? That definitely. real real scrapping out in the streets. <laughs> like you better go there and just do your set and leave. And if you're going to try to say something really touchy, then you better be funny. You know what I'm saying? Because you'll go to like yeah. Austin and then some of these white boys try to do like uh, N-word jokes. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, do you even know black people? <laughs> wow. They'll try to do Mexican jokes. Like, what are you doing? Stop. <laughs> Tell me about it. I, you know, I, I, sometimes I've, I feel like I walk on thin ice to myself because I, you know, I don't know. It just, it comes into play a lot, you know, being a ethnic person, a brown person, like you, you're going to, you're going to walk it. You're going to deal with it, you know? And I'm not trying to make a case be like, Hey, oh, feel sorry for me. That's not my thing right now, whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I know it's like something that we just, uh, I don't know. I don't I think in comedy, you can't glance over the, the, the the Mexican artist, the Mexican Latino comic thing that it just is, you know, it's constantly there. And, uh, I've always been told to, I've always been referred to as like someone of a George Lopez when people, you know, hang out with me, like, Oh, you're my George Lopez. I was like, it's because I'm like a jovial, like Mexican guy who kind of like <laughs> makes funny jokes. Is that why? <laughs> cause, um, cause that's usually the sentiment that I get from a lot of people. But you know, I, like I said, just going back, reiterating, I appreciate your guys' comedy, especially yours, you know, being really intelligent, being more than just, you know, a base sort of stereotypical style of comedy. Um, it's yeah, it's needed. It's necessary. Uh, so from, yeah, change it. So here's an, one thing I want to talk about real quick, just really briefly, um, because I know we spend a lot of time talking about this and I know Alex <laughs> or moon doesn't care to talk about it, but, uh, the COVID-19 <laughs> response, like in your state, um, did, do you think that the state handled it appropriately or like, it was, it felt like it was kind of like it fell apart in the beginning, like what you weren't ready for it. Nobody was ready for it. Or I think they weren't to see, um, in Austin, I think El Paso, and most of the smaller cities, they didn't really get hit right off the bat. Like when the whole country went on like extreme like shutdown, and all the stores were closed, um, we still didn't even have a lot of cases here. It was fine. I mean, the, I think the biggest thing was just everyone hoarding food. 
but Dallas was hit super hard. I think it just caught them by surprise. And I know someone who had a, his wife is a nurse and they were going crazy there. And then in Houston, it's just like, they didn't, they just don't care sometimes, man. They, whatever, you know, they've been hit by hurricanes for so many years that those people are just like, well, a virus, you know, if you can't see it, I think that's maybe the mentality. And then it hit them really, really hard. And then now when they're trying to implement more, like, you know, wear your face mask, wash your hands. You're getting a lot of these people who think it's a conspiracy theory because, you know, Alex Jones is from Austin. (laughs) Dude. Hey, okay. So before we, okay. Alex Jones, as much as people hate him, uh, people love him, right? Definitely love him here. I value Alex Jones content so much. It is so great to, I just like to, uh, let me put it this way. I'm a sucker for that kind of, content okay like i'm not saying i believe what he says yeah. but i des- definitely enjoy he sounds like a fun he sounds like like i would have a, a a good time going to dinner with a bunch of friends and alex jones you know what i'm saying because yeah. he would be so great it would just be fun to to be around i think to witness what was going on uh well yeah another, another thing is that like in, in texas is so hot that you have a lot of outdoor venues uh and that's the thing. People are just so used to hanging out outside, going to shows, going to concerts. So it took a while for things to really shut down. And people just love drinking <laughs> here in Texas as well. I know, right? So a lot of bars were still open. A lot of people were still going to bars. Like the very last night that Austin was open, I was at a bar with a couple of friends, but there was like nobody there. It was a freaking ghost town. Yeah. And then maybe a couple of weeks later, you had a big old protest at city hall. Cause people were saying, you got to open up everything. You know, people, you know, I don't know if you saw the pictures of that one lady, like licking the window. <laughs> I did not see that, but I'm going to Google it now. <laughs> and then, yeah, for, for every little thing, like there, there's a huge amount of people in Texas that will protest it, which sometimes I think it's a good thing. Cause sometimes it's like, okay, maybe you still got to have a little bit of doubt and everything, but these people just yeah. doubt a little too much. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a healthy amount of fear that is necessary for human survival. And I think that's something that people have not taken in consideration the last 20 years of human existence. Definitely. It's it's also not now in the summer, it's so freaking humid here that people want to go to the beach or to the rivers, a lot of rivers in Texas, go tubing. Yeah. And that's contributed, I think, to a lot of what's you're seeing now. We have a huge spike. That's here in California. Uh every like Father's Day weekend, everybody was out. I mean, I'm guilty too. I took my dad, and my my father in law, uh, out for Father's Day weekend, but uh, we got a boat. We were by ourselves. You know, we were on our own boat, away from everybody. So the 20 minutes that I did interact with two people, you know, I was masked and everything. It was simple transactions, exchange of money, kind of stuff. But um, it's tough. It's so tough because another thing too, you got these kids. They're talking about putting them back in school, but I'm like. I hear every other day on the news, house party, teenagers at a house party start spreading COVID. You know, I'm like, yeah. how is that's thought, not right? any better than a bunch of junior high kids going 30, actually in California, up to upwards of 40 kids in a classroom at a time, you know, no space in this tiny classroom. I mean, and they're not going to care. They're not going <laughs> to care. They're not going to care. Not. <sighs> I don't know. I think, uh, I think our, I think in California the response was late, um, probably two months too late to be honest with you. Because uh, if we would have probably buttoned up everything, it would have been so much easier to flatten the curve here in California. If we would have buttoned up everything 
early. And everybody says this. Everybody makes the same case. You know, I'm making the same argument as everybody else right now. But it's just kind of true. If you look at the timeline, if we would have prepared two months earlier, we would have had a better chance of keeping a lot of things open right now. But we just, oh, yeah. it was a day too late. And then we just kind of let go a little early. You know what I'm saying? It's because businesses only really care about the money. They don't care about the workers. They don't care about anything. That's why it took so long for them to shut down because they're just like, no, we're going to be losing money if we don't work. Mm-hmm. And now they're biting the bullet for it. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot very of selfish only, and only very mad. Only huge industry like players like Amazon and Walmart can survive when you have, you know, the little store down the street, the little bodega, wherever you go, yep. you know what I'm saying? Wherever you go get that burrito from, the local spot, Al Grense, Super Taqueria, you know what I'm talking about? All those good places. Yeah. Uh, what's another one? What's the little red shack in Los Banos called? La Cotijas. Is that what well, it's called? I went to California not too long ago, and uh, I went to Super Taqueria, but they don't let you eat inside, which I think is great. I think just don't let people yeah. eat inside. No, Still be yeah. open. Yeah. You know you know what's... Uh, okay, let me tell you something about, this, about the burrito game right now, right? Everything that is necessary for life to survive is in a burrito. Yes. Hell yes. Everything <laughs> is in that wonderful package, that tortilla. You know what? I'm not actually a huge burrito guy anymore. What? I've kind of lost the hype. Oh, you need to take a burrito. LA one. Oh, man. Take like, just... I, I enjoy burritos, but I'm not. It's like it's like in and out, right? People Brother, love burritos. Something. People love in and out. Let but me take you. It's not as good anymore. And it's like, I don't really care for burritos. Let me take you to the top of the mountain. I've been to the top of the mountain and to I was the, not impressed. The burrito glory <laughs> mountain. <laughs> uh, Ivan, I know you are a huge connoisseur of uh, burritos, tacos in general. Uh, I travel the world to find yes. the burritos. Tacos are amazing. Burritos are lame. No, 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 no. Uh, I think no. I, I think I'll say tacos are amazing. I think burritos are amazing too. But uh, tacos so you extra craft. There's, you specifically yeah, craft and to make a, a taco look amazing. While the burrito, all you literally need is a nice crisp taco or like a tortilla around it. No, because you, you have to have great beans. You no, have no, no. I mean, rice. like just the looking at it. That oh, the last thing, oh, yeah. just like the visual of a burrito. Okay, the visual is so boring compared to the visual of a beautiful. Topic. But that's why you got to bite it. No, dude, it's. A, I just, I don't know. It's just for me, burritos are like in and out. They're just overhyped. They're good. I'm not saying they're not good. Just saying that I don't. They're not the most amazing thing for me. Um, I feel like you need to taste some really good ones. No, I've had some really good burritos, but it's not like I'm going to like kill people over these burritos. <laughs> I will. You know, I definitely will. If any man stands between me and my burrito, you best believe someone. You ain't going to do nothing. They're going to catch these hands. <laughs> they're going to catch that. these I've hands. Little, I've seen your little hands. They're going to catch these mitts. <laughs> Actually, I well, have above average hands, okay? The span between my thumb and my pinky is above average. Okay. It's not average. Anyways, <laughs> Ivan. So I know you do you have definitely uh you've reviewed things. a lot of burritos in your day. Um yes. I think is there correct me if I'm wrong, is there a, a particular like specific part of your website that caters to your burrito Mexican cuisine adventures? Uh Instagram. An Instagram? Definitely just Instagram, yeah. I haven't uh, 
like made a whole website about it yet. I, st- I still feel like I still need to do a little more research. Yeah. Uh, but definitely on Instagram or just ask me, send me a message and I will tell you because I've I know burritos for all the way up to Vancouver, Canada, all the Southwest, Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, wow. Utah, uh, what else? Arizona. Oh my gosh, Arizona has some amazing burritos. And then uh, also Mexico, in Mexico. Jeez. I feel like they're just like wild. Like they just kind of like they roam like the plain, the great plains. You know what I'm saying? You just <laughs> I've see tried those a lot of bad ones though. I've had a lot of bad ones. I, I never post a bad review. I never post negative reviews, only the good ones. But you could go definitely search through my Instagram. You'll find all the ones I've posted. What's that? What's that? <laughs> What's your handle on Instagram? Ivan in space. Ivan in space.com. Ivan in space on Facebook, Instagram. Everything is Ivan in space. Uh, and you recently like myself actually probably i mean more than recently um you start a podcast as well yeah i have an in space podcast <laughs> um what platforms can we catch you on to listen to those uh right now you can catch me on spotify and apple music i think those are the only two and oh on podbean as well podbean those spotify yeah, and those apple. Most, but i think mostly most everybody has spotify or uh yeah. or apple music but you can also catch me on not just the podcast on on Spotify. I may also make music podcasts for every single episode. Some are themed. Some are just great mixes for your day. And yeah, yeah. You did a you did a uh, Chicano compilation last time, and or last week, I think, earlier this week. I can't, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, it was last I, week. And I listened to it. And it was really good. Uh, he, you got into Thank like you, some man. historical. Uh, you know, you made like, you give us a little history lesson on some of the artists. And I thought that I appreciated that. I mean, it was awesome. It was really cool, real informative, fun to listen to. And then, um, man, I, I just, I walked away from, I took, I was walking my dog when I was listening to it and I was like, man, this is, I honestly, I really liked it. So if you guys, you know, have a chance, go take a listen. I've been in space podcast on, yeah, all the places he just mentioned. Oh, thanks man. Cause I mean, music is my first love. So I had to put it in there somehow. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So this reminds me, um, I did make some extra notes, some extra questions I was going to ask you real quick. Let me get into those and then, um, and then we'll get into our last little segment. Let me get to my notes real quick. All right. <clears throat> so here we are. Okay. So a while back there was a social media platform for you young, young, young listeners out there, young bloods. It was called MySpace. Do you remember it? definitely (laughs) okay uh the tragedy that most you know millennial hardcore bands and like musicians have had to deal with in the last 10 years is that uh myspace their when they migrated all of their um their servers over any data that was on them a lot of it got corrupted and you could never replace it okay and a lot of artists that were had other material and all their stuff posted on uh myspace was lost um, so you can go on my old band's MySpace and you can click on the song, but it won't play because the data was corrupted and they lost it. Right. I don't have any recordings of it. It's pretty much lost a huge. I mean, that's a lot of information, a lot of data that is lost. So you, anyways, I'll, I'm going to follow up on that data, losing data. Uh, I'll make a comment on that after this. Anyways, on my, on my, on my MySpace, I had a video. And I want, I want to know if you remember it, but on the video, it was a song that I had. It was like a jingle that was like, 
It was just a little jingle, okay? And it was a green screen, and there was a picture of you and me. We were at a bonfire one night, and I was wearing, and and on it, I put the Ivan and Zach show, and it was like a little jingle for, it was a little commercial promo that I made, and I posted it on my MySpace because we had originally, we had tossed around this idea of making a radio show. Oh my gosh. I remember the bonfire, but I remember that video. You don't remember? Okay. So it was the bonfire. It was one of the bonfire nights and um, I took a picture with you and I turned it into this little video because we had come up with the idea and I was joking with it and I posted it on MySpace. Anyways, uh, you know, before podcast, this is before podcast. So 10 years later, here we are full circle, man. (laughs) I got a podcast. You got a podcast. Uh, I mean, I'm featuring on my podcast, so I think it's come full circle, you know? Definitely. You know, and that was something I've always wanted to do too. Cause when I, when I first got into college, I took a radio class, learned everything about radio, got to be on air. But then when it came down to having my own show, they wouldn't let me have my own show. Cause I couldn't play any of the music I actually liked. No, oh <laughs> so I just left. <laughs> Whack. I would have done the same thing too. I was like, I, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. But I didn't even know about podcasts, man. Like shoot, maybe we'll start another podcast. Yeah. Or... Huh? What kind of music was it? Uh, they wanted me to just play like a, a lot of new stuff, a lot of uh, college bands, but most of it sucked, man. Yeah, a lot of it was like too too hard rock for my taste. Uh, but the one show I did get to kind of internship with was a uh, it was all just house, nice. house and soul, and that was fun for a while. But that was that guy's show. He just let me kind of take over for a little while. That's what's up. Um, another second question here, or second comment i guess uh on episode 16 of your podcast the mcchicken episode spicy (laughs) mcchicken episode you mentioned uh unofficial not released demos of uh john lennon and uh, you said that you if anybody wanted them that you would post links um so we can get our hands on that collection that body of work so yeah send it to me and um for those of you guys listening if you want to listen to the unofficial released uh some of the unofficial released work of John Lennon, um, shoot us a comment or go check it out or go, you know, shoot, follow Ivan in space podcast and get the information there. Uh, I love this kind of stuff. I'm a huge Beatles fan, a Lennon fan really. Um, so yeah, this will Ringo fan, dude. dude. What'd you say? (laughs) He has some good tracks. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Man, hey, uh, real quick, guys. We've been chatting for about an hour and 15 already. Oh, shoot. I know, right? Can you believe that? Crazy. Good um, times, yeah. Hey, Alex, um, before we do our sign-off, um, you want to do uh, What's Hot? It's nothing really hot this week, except for one big thing. What What's hot this week, buddy? So this week... Or I guess this weekend, Kanye had his first, uh, Kanye West, that is, had his first uh, political rally in South Carolina. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The man's a genius. That's all I can say. The cojones on this man. Oh, my God. I don't know how much is balls and how much is mental illness. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's all calculated. I'm pretty sure he knew what he was saying. 
Okay, the man's a, a genius, okay? <laughs> oh my goodness. We don't know whether his statement is true or false. That's true, and I gotta research some right? of the things he said. <laughs> I can't he believe it. Truth. The ball is on him though to say that. that I mean, he ball. and he alone said it, so you know. Um my favorite I'm, part was the audience reaction of the of him saying it. But my favorite part of the video is like, you know, as soon as he's like was like halfway through the sentence, he kind of like, I just said that and I have to keep going. So if you if you don't know, no uh, backing down now. I have to go. The uh the um the comment, the tweet that uh we're talking about what's hot in this podcast right now is uh Kanye West had a he had his first campaign rally and, and his first campaign rally made the comment that Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had them work for other white people. That's, ex- <laughs> that's what Kanye West said. Okay. Uh, and so uh, there's a few videos going around right now of people's reaction, people just walking out and people, you know, <gasps> those kinds of stuff like that. And uh, it's, yeah. Anyways, take, go take a look at it. I, I suggest you go take a look at it, but uh Wow, this one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure what he said was probably not the craziest thing that has been said at a campaign rally. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm pretty sure there's been some wild campaigns. I think it's because he's a uh, an actual like younger person. I think it's like affecting all this generations a lot more because it's like you know usually all the candidates are so old that like hey, I'm not even going to tune into what this guy's going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting if he won. It would be interesting. We'd be we'd be all done. Yeah, but okay. Here's the thing, too. When you look at, I mean, I look at the state of the union right now. I think that um, the whole entire like Republican Democratic kind of argument is really divisive right now, and there might be an environment where something like this may potentially happen given the last election when everybody was like, there's no way Donald Trump, we can take him seriously. And then we just memed him all the way to the white house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Memed him. laughs> the meme, people don't understand. Memes have so much power to them. Definitely. Cause it's been proven. Yeah. Last election. It was and proven like, because it was proven because what happened was everybody's like, this will never happen. This will never happen. And all the never happened people didn't go vote. And all the people who were like, oh, yeah, you don't think this will ever happen? We're like, we're going to go vote. People and still vote for that's what that's how. <laughs> no. Still to get that <laughs> or Connie, Connie 2012. Yeah. <laughs> people are still doing that for the memes. Well, it's like uh, Obama was the first Facebook president because most of his public or most of his um, advertising to get people to vote was through Facebook. Yeah, and Trump is the Twitter president. Oh, the spicy lord, dude. <laughs> Who do you think is next? Okay, real question, <laughs> real question, real question for 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 Alex. The Twitch uh, president. Real question, real quick. Um, well, for both of you, Alex and Ivan. Um, so, are you guys buying the Goya beans, or did you just stick with Rosarito? <laughs> <laughs> I never bought Goya. That shit sucks. I never even heard of that brand before. And all of a sudden it came out of nowhere. I was like, I, and then I saw it in Food for Less the other day and I pointed out. I was like, uh. I don't know. I've never seen it, it before so. in my life. And every time I turn around now, all I see is Goya products. No, all I see <laughs> is White Claw everywhere. That's the only product White that Claw. is going to shove down my throat right now. 
White Claw, I if you want to sm- try it, I want to try it just to like see what the hype is about. But oh, you've never had one? I've never had a White Claw. Damn, you've held up for a while now. I didn't I've never had a White Claw thing. either. Wow. I didn't know the thing. I'll, they don't taste that at all. Like I don't, alcohol. I don't drink that often. You might start after this. Hey, so uh, I don't know if you know about this. Um, do you remember uh, the Four Locos? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! The original Four Loco. The original Four Loco with all the energy drink in it, with all the I cocaine in it. <laughs> gosh, man, that stuff was terrible. I remember there was a there was a time in my life where I used to walk to Seven Eleven get a four loco and walk home just so I wouldn't have to drive because how dangerous it was to get a four loco. Touching the can. Dude, I would just walk to the Sev Lem to get it because I don't trust myself. As soon as I got that four loco, that loco was on, Ooh. boy. Right. They had to step it down a bit, right? After a while. Yeah, they yeah. did the recipe. It was basically crack in a like, can. Change the recipe on me. It was like cocaine. That's all it was. That's when I stopped drinking it, though. I was just like, oh, I had enough of this. <laughs> Those things are wild, dude. Uh, oh, man. Well, the the White Claws don't taste like anything like alcohol, really. What are these? Just, like adult Kool-Aids? Just, just like Kool-Aids. a... Maybe not a sweet, but just like a better sparkling water. Mm-hmm. And now everyone has their version of that, too. So, I mean, yeah. you didn't even have to try yeah. water. I've heard about the sparkling water game popping up. Ooh, it's big over here in Texas. Yeah, I've heard the rumors. I don't think it's big here yet. I might. It might be wrong though. It might be huge, and I'm just very. No, like ever since I moved here, every everyone was really into like Topo Chicos, and I was like, I don't think I've ever even like it's like that nasty water. (laughs) Now I drink it. Mud water. (laughs) What was that? I said mud water. There we go. Mud water, gross. Not good. Oh, man. So, well, hey, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I think that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, okay, bye. Kind of <laughs> finishes it up for us today, guys. Um, yeah. Hey, oh, thanks yeah. for being here, man. I really appreciate you joining the call. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. It was cool hearing about the, com- like, the comedy, uh, clubs and all that stuff. That was awesome. Yeah, it was like really podcast. Thank you. Thank you. What Thank number you. is this? This is episode 03. 003. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Keep them coming, please. For sure, man. No doubt we're going to keep this going. Um, Yeah, next week we, we're doing a solo cast, just uh, Moon and I. We're going to do a podcast by ourselves. We're going to go over some new outro music that we're going to uh, put in place for our podcast. So you guys next already week, have a great intro. I know, right? So we got to finish it off with a great outro. So. So I'm over here ripping music off. <laughs> we're gonna do it. Real, uh, I guess. We're gonna do it live next week. We're gonna work on it live, kind of like, Ooh. kind of go through it real quick and kind of model it while we're recording the show, um, and then just kind of see. You'll hear us kind of play with it and kind of work with it, and then uh, when we end the podcast, we'll play it as the actual outro, and you'll you know you get to hear from us a little bit how we kind of work on our music because we did mention uh, we have a project called Lines Among Men right now that we're working mm-hmm. on digital project we just kind of working on it online together so we want to keep that going and so that's kind of a way for us to keep it going is to involve it in the podcast as much as possible so it forces us to kind of like work with it you know um, yeah so that'd he be says, cool 
but he's actually like just the Steve Jobs, and I'm the actual dude that does everything. I'm the Wozniak. <laughs> oh my he's God. The yeah. yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to take my credit for all the work I've been doing. No, 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 no. Anyways, yeah. Ben and Jerry. There we go, Ben and Jerry's. Uh, so before we sign off, uh, anything that you want to mention uh, to our listeners, where they can catch you at, platforms, anything special? Shout you want? Just check me out on Ivan in Space podcast and hit me up on Instagram. I love Instagram. I'm just Ivan in Space. Nice. Add me. I post crazy things and my stories are filled with music. <laughs> nice. That's what's up. Uh, Alex Moon. Oh gosh, I'm I gotta get I gotta fix that. I'm so sorry, guys. Anyways, uh, sign off. Not yet. Not ready, dude. What? You, you gotta do the. You gotta go first, right? I don't have a sign off yet. I I need <laughs> to end this episode. I can't just stay on forever. Okay, okay love you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Thank you so much for uh for joining us, Moon. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, episode. 003 of the Average Fellows Podcast. I'm your host, Zodi Zach, coming to you live all the way from Riverside, California. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch us on uh, fa- or, no, wait, YouTube. <laughs> like, subscribe, review us on YouTube. Catch us on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Podbean, Spotify. Send us an email or catch us on Twitter at Average underscore Fellas. Anyways, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.